0: 10 yeah. is death by dvd and you are listening to harry scott sullivan your host the episode that you are about to hear is a special one it was recorded exclusively for our patreon and after we posted it we had nearly every single one of our patrons say you should really put that out for everyone that should be a full episode of death by dvd and we listen to the people so now for your listening displeasure Enjoy this completely uncut, unedited Patreon-exclusive episode all about Skinnamarink. Don't forget after you listen to come join us in the graveyard. Head over to patreon.com slash deathbydvd and become an official member of our dead studio audience. Dead is better. And now, it's time to start the show. You are listening to a Death by DVD Patreon exclusive episode.
1: is death by patreon and you are listening to a patreon exclusive episode of death by dvd i am harry scott sullivan and with me it's everyone's favorite i alexander nash and we are here to do some dirty work because we're going to talk about skid marks rink. i have a list i have a whole list of alternative names for this this movie and i'll read it at the end of the show it's good stuff
0: captain uh-huh. captain i got you sister.
2: I didn't get any of that. I didn't. Uh, oh okay. Yeah. Let's preface everything and say we're not trying to do a shit on. I'm not shitting on this film as a piece of artwork. I am more shitting on this movie as a piece of entertainment. Not a huge fan of it. Felt kind of like a complete waste of time for me. Um, for everyone. Not just you. Well, I... <laughs> but there's like, Okay. One of my big things, because I did the one thing I didn't know, I knew generally what was going to happen, you know, throughout the film and how kind of divisive it was. But what I didn't realize is how it was shot. I thought it was going to be, you know, a lot of dark photography and trying to make s- certain images out of it. And yes, that is there, but so much of it is literally a camera pointed at a ceiling or the carpet. While spooky sounds play in the background, ethereal whooshing. You don't see a character's face in the movie. You see one face, and it doesn't have a face, for God's sakes. And that is a big problem for me in the film. Is just there's your their feet and disembodied voices. How am I supposed to emotionally resonate or relate to a character and to like feel this this fear you're trying to instill in me? But with this film. When I don't have a, a person, it was like it's a lot like playing a, um, uh, like a horror game, like a horror video game that's a first-person view, and it's just kind of jump scares every 25-30 minutes. And like the best way I could describe it was it felt like a vis- visual representation of a Halloween sound effects record it's just like spooky noises and darkness and not, they don't even really try to bend the darkness that much is just letting a dark door stand on its own and try to freak you out with that image. And at first it kind of works, but the thing is an hour and 40 minutes long. That's where you're running into major problems because as a short film, it does work as it doesn't like,
1: as an I I beg to differ because I've seen this is based on a short film called heck. That's 28 minutes. After I finished watching Skidemarink, I thought to myself, this would have worked as a 20-minute short film. Then I watched the 28-minute short film, and fuck off. It, eight, eight minutes is being liberal. like but, It's I a two-minute idea.
2: It's, it's experimentation, and I'm all for, as, like, as an artist, to experiment with the genre of film. But there's a reason there are certain kind of rules to narrative filmmaking, and by no means is this a narrative film. It's just, like, there's a reason close-ups are used in films. Close up on close up on um actors' faces because it helps to see their emotions pouring out of their face. It helps you to relate to it. It helps you to emotionally resonate and make this film a part of yourself and how would I react to this situation? Oh, or just feeling the emotion of another person and really tapping into your empathy. But you don't have any actors' faces. you just have like people who don't face the camera and like a hand did something occasionally, and then the toilet disappears for some unknown reason. It's just the funny thing is I read, um, that one of the director's uh, main influence was Stan Brackish, which explains a lot of why the film is the way it is. Because if you don't know who Stan Brackish is, he was an experimental filmmaker, um, who made films in like the the fifties, the sixties, all the way up until he died in 2003. He's actually, um, he plays a very small role in cannibal, the musical. He's one of the, um, fathers of the people who were going off to do the the fucking march across the but anyway enough about cannibal musical but trivia he did a lot of experimentation of film he didn't make narrative films he experimented with like he would paint on the film itself he would like glue things to the film he would like it wasn't a printed piece of film with just A soundtrack and actors and try like it was literally just experimentation of imagery and how can you manipulate film as just a literally a medium as like pain or anything else and manipulating that. And he made tons and tons of very experimental films like that. And that's what this is coming off to me as is trying to do something very experimental. And I do appreciate that. It's just why the fuck is everybody trying to sell this to me as a, like a piece of entertainment because it's not a piece of entertainment whatsoever. It's literally just like I'm playing around with film and noises and I want to see if I can like induce an an emotional reaction out of you out of like with these images and that's it. That's as far as the experiment goes. And it's just so long and nothing happens. (laughs) Nothing happens, but some spooky noises and some weird show. Oh, there's a thing on the ceiling now. There's My toys are on the wall. Okay.
1: Well, this is a Patreon-exclusive episode, but it very well ended up May coming out eventually uh, on deathbydvd.com as one of our regular episodes. So I'm sure our audience might have heard it. They might not listen to the show either, but I was I recently was a guest on a program called Watch Kit Plus, and I tried to be a little bit nicer there because they're a little bit of a, a nicer show. <laughs> And I I tried to to bring up and defend the the idea of the director Kyle Edward Ball selling this, and in and, and one aspect, I think it's a really good thing. Like look at, look at what he's done and the door that has opened for indie horror. And the same thing can be said for the last year. A lot of independent horror films made it to big theaters. Infinity Pool just recently saw that Pearl X things like that. Um, even if it's not necessarily good, which I don't feel by any means this is on one hand it's a great win because it's going to allow more independent horror movies in but also uh, furthering what you're saying it's art and doesn't mean art can you know I like it or oh it's art so of course you have to like it no you're allowed to have any any feeling you want to when it comes to something but making this a mainstream art by allowing something like this which is already happening with A24 picking up the whole backrooms thing it's 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 just absolute masturbation at this point.
2: Sure, you can have... It's a a vibe. It's a movie based around a vibe, and that is it. And that works with something like Mandy, because Mandy is mostly... I mean, the story of Mandy is almost 100% nonsense, but I enjoy the vibe of the film. That's all well and good, but, like, Skidmerink is just literally just a vibe. There's nothing else to enjoy. I just get down
1: with it. I I don't even, like... I, I mean, I guess it's a vibe, but it's more or less something... That somebody has to say to you, you know, you'll read a review or you'll see like the, the write up on Shudder is the thing that says, well, something may be watching them. If you didn't have something to interject and say that to you, you would watch this movie and be like, what the fuck? You wouldn't think that there is some monster watching them. There's just a weird bunch of shit. The parents appear and then they disappear. And then at the end of the movie, you get to see the skin of a rink, I guess, and it's just a woman's face, and it's white, and it loses its eyes or something, and then it screams at you after long gaps of silence. So of course, you're going to react and jump to it, but if there wasn't a synopsis, that you would, it just would be fucking nothing. And that's what, what this movie's that? driving on. Like, of course, word of mouth is a good thing, but. It's just interjecting other thought like, well, you got to realize, you know, the whole time it's been this vision in the kid's head because he fell down the stairs like no, that's never fucking it's just weird shit that's said if you want to form a narrative plot and have an idea, you can at home. But I don't know. Doesn't
2: work. One of the things I take umbrage with is the unconventional style it's shot in because it's like here's a say a, a 10, 15 second shot of the upper right hand corner of a window with like, you know, kind of some David Lynchian, um, sound design behind it. And then we cut to like a doorway that's cracked. And then we cut to, um, like a blanket that's off of a bed and like, nobody's talking, nobody, like nothing is happening. It's just like, it's trying to just build this tension and I get what it's trying to do, but like, you don't see shit. You just see like weird corners of rooms and like, you don't see any, like there's, Nothing to relate to. There's no characters fucking in it. It's just disembodied voices most I, of the I time. Was,
1: I was having this thought the other day. I was thinking about um, Toby's Texas, and how you know so much of that movie is just running and screaming and and the sound design and how effective that is. And I was trying to kind of relate that to Skinamarink of like I and 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 you can. And I'm trying. It's not that I'm trying to overwhelmingly be positive. I'm just trying to fucking play around here and see other thoughts maybe to this fucking movie, but. I see like where that comes from and being able to use that design because if you didn't wanna look deeply into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's skin deep, it's a very easy movie. Some people deal with some cannibals and some terrible stuff happens. You don't have to look into anything about the gas prices or people becoming farther and more detached from society and all the other alternative meanings and the the deeper seeds that To worse on a variety of levels. Yeah, this on on that instance like sure you you have all these amazing qualities but even the slightest bit of narration I feel this could have had a, a substantial hold on terror. I think you really could have produced something because there is like it, the fucking vibe, whatever. You've got this vibe, but fucking do something with it. Get the ball rolling. Give us something to project our fears onto. And I I don't want to call you know, millions... I don't know if it's millions at this point, but I don't want to call people out and say you're full of shit, but I just struggle when I'm reading reviews and I'm looking on Twitter and I'm seeing these people talking about how this is the scariest movie of the year. You're fucking full of shit. I mean, just absolutely well, full mean, of it.
2: There are people who could, like kind of compare this to something like a racer head where a is also a very experimental film, but within that experimentation, it may not have a classic narrative structure. It may be a lot of disembodied imagery at times, but there are always people involved. There are people who are there to react to the things around them. There is like, they're trying, it, it's building an, an aura around, um, a character, but this is just, It's just shots. It's like uh, catching a YouTube video of um, where people go to abandoned places and they just put, as opposed to somebody explaining where they're at, um, as a narration, it would be, just, like, spooky kind of noises and shit and for an hour and 40 minutes, and that's all it is.
1: I should have sent you a link to Heck. It's on YouTube before we started this. It's very much the same thing. It's 28 minutes, but somehow it seems to have a little bit more of a plot that it follows this uh, child looking for their mother, and the child, maybe the mother, some character off screen brings up, I'm sorry for having cancer, and you, it, it moves into this whole thing where you're, you're borderline, at a plot that the like you, you see that there's a narrative, so it's odd you would have the expectation that the following film Skin of a would fucking have the plot, but it became twice as vague. It just was like let's and and to me, uh, I don't know. I, it almost seems like a joke. Like let's see how far we can push this. And it's again like I, I'm congratulating the guy. I don't want to be too harsh. Too no, I'm negative. Glad to see but if like he yeah. can
2: like if he moves on to something else. This I'm sure he's got a picture deal by this point. Oh yeah yeah. He, his next thing he actually tries to create like um David Sandberg comes to, to mind um, when he did the lights out short, which is a good short. I mean, it's, it's not everything in the world, but it, I mean, it works. And then he took that short and wrote a story around that short to make a movie that I didn't think was particularly great. But I mean, it's still like, it goes into deeper of what the fuck was going on in this original short. And this feels like some kind of bizarre backtrack of like, no, we don't need that. We don't need to expand anything. We just need to like for you to kind of figure it out. And what I read in one review is this movie really needs to be engaged with. Don't want watch it alone, watch it in complete darkness. Uh don't get your phone out. Just pay absolute attention to it and it'll be incredibly effective. You fucking and can't. I, you cannot do it for an hour and forty still, minutes with this it's fucking like, movie. That's not my job as an audience member. My job is to see what you have, what you're going to throw at me. And if you're not engaging me as a filmmaker, then that's not a film worth watching. You you have to win me over. You have to woo me, flirt with me. And there's no flirting. It's just like, this is what you get. And if you don't like it, that's your fault as an audience member. It's like, oh, come on. Really?
1: I mean, I'm into some pretty out there films. Like, I'm going to say the guy's name wrong, but I'm guy... Madden the kids in the hall guy,
2: oh, I cannot read the guy who made um the saddest song in the world,
1: yeah, that fella like his movies are out there he has and there's some of them are really difficult to watch because it's just pure absurdist theater i mean it's it's transgressive uh type of theater, but it's also very, very absurdist, but there tends to actually be a fucking point and and no matter how ridiculous the narrative is, there is a narrative, there is performances there are emotions that you can get behind and I see like similarities and like I love uh, usually this would be the type of shit that gets me completely off and and on fucking watch skip plus we we say the same kind of thing like this this sounds like something I'd love like I've sat and wasted like four hours of my life watching the entire thing from Inland Empire the rabbits that just cry and talk in gibberish and weird limericks I've I've seen all of that and I, I, I'm not going to compare it to something like Skin of because it's nonsense. It was just a bunch of crazy fucking shit that David Lynch made for this movie. And I'm the idiot that sat through and watched it. But I keep seeing people compare it like Rabbits was a thing. Like it was a weird fucking web series because he had all this shit left over from the movie and released it on his website for a couple of years. And now it's this thing. Like it's not comparative. It's neither here nor there. You want to look at Inland fucking Empire And you want to use that whole emotion and the dream and and how things can be relative in the dream world and
2: whatever. Sure. It may not make sense to to you, but you can kind of – there's something going on. There's somebody who's trying to relate to you as a human being. It's one human being reaching out to another human being. And this movie felt like it was made by AI. It felt like it was – Yeah, really. Like a found footage movie the, all the shit you would edit out of a found footage movie, (laughs) yeah, just like anything that wasn't interesting in a found footage movie. This is what it all is. Just put together in one big fucking movie and say, Hey, but there's, there's a narrative there. If you read the Wikipedia plot description, if you look
1: for it hard enough and I shouldn't have to fucking deeply look for it hard enough. And, um,
2: you know, people or I should, that. Be, I should be tantalized to look deeper into it, and that's what it's missing. You're not giving anything for me to sink my teeth into and go, well, I want to know more, because I don't care to know more, because it's, it's a, a dark closet for fucking 35 seconds, and then we move on to the floor again. Were you able to actually finish it? Did you see the whole movie? I watched the entire thing, the entire and thing, it yeah. just, I don't yeah. like... Why is it an hour and forty minutes? Nothing happens in an hour and forty minutes. And the last,
1: like I would say, twenty-five minutes or so, are, are the majority of of the most interesting stuff, where everything suddenly becomes weird and upside down. And I, I, but they I... don't
2: even build the music to get to that, no, or like plastic. there is no music. They don't build the the soundscape. They don't build like the tension and like in a like kind of a classic way. They just kind of let monotony take over and then it suddenly becomes a little less monotonous but they don't like the like the only time they really mess with the sound is when there's a jump scare and then turn up the volume into fucking 11 and just blast it out for like two seconds scared yeah because it was quiet forever and now it's not for two seconds you've yeah, not even so it, much as
1: scared me you've just fucking alarmed me you know you, i got startled You've not produced um, emotion and like and that's the the baffling thing is we we all like letterbox, so that's the easiest thing to scroll through and I'm looking at like five star reviews of this movies. and then I'm switching to Twitter. I'm looking on Facebook. And I'm not gonna call anybody out. This isn't a, about something like that. But there's a lot of respected journalists that I'm like, is this Paola? are you are you fucking getting money from Blumhouse to just kiss these inane movies, fucking ass because I just don't understand. Critically, where we are, like, you know, I, I like to take myself at times fairly serious as, I mean, I'm a fucking film judge on one hand and then a critic on the other. I like to take some of my, like, sure, sure we do silly stuff and we say silly things, but a, sometimes we're really dead serious and some reviews are critical. And it, it it's it's all arbitrary and it doesn't matter. But when you have your, I don't know, uh, uh, brand... You kind of got to stick to it, and I, it's baffling to see people that, you know, four or five years ago were shitting all over Blair Witch and how awful it is that just love this movie now. And it's like you got to pick something. You got to have a fucking stance and stick to it. Then how can you hate – like, sure, the the third Blair Witch movie is pretty bad. I'm <laughs> Not a fan of it. I love the first one. I even like the second one.
2: But holy shit. Sorry, Simon Barrett it wasn't very good
1: yeah i mean it could have you just remade the first movie and it wasn't even that impressive but that's neither here nor there um how the fuck can you hate that but like this like shit at least they remade blair witch and you can watch it all over again with some new people this movie's just so it's um and i i I, i'm not trying to bring him into it and shit on him like brandon cronenberg's second film possessor that movie's vague as fuck just in- intentionally confusing and vague, and it there's... is
2: very much like this because it does drag through a lot of stuff, like like with the um the shots where it will just kind of shots will go on for an extended period of time, just kind of for no reason other than to kind of just really build up, fill in that some, some sort of time. like tension or like odd feeling.
1: Let's make this as unnecessarily long as possible, and like sure, I try to be sassy and funny at times, but legitimately, I finished rink. And was like, this could be 20 minutes long. And was, I was fucking shocked when I finished the short film, Heck. Because it was like, how the fuck did you manage to make it m- more strenuous to sit through for 28 minutes? It's more of a fucking short when it's shorter for some goddamn reason. And it, 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 it's, it's a fucking vibe. But breaking both of them down... Man, I wouldn't even say the vibe runs longer than a solid two minutes. I think with fucking credits... This could have solidly been
2: 2.40. Two minutes, 40 fucking seconds, and the whole <laughs> you could, the whole thing. That's a, I think that's a bit of exaggeration. Hey, I did like the the credit sequence, uh, that kind of uh, throwback to a, a 1970s credit structure at the beginning. Yeah, you know you're
1: getting into an artistic film, an artiste, when you got the fucking credits at the beginning, which is cool. Like, it's Cassavetes type of thing, and that's what I – I didn't read about this. I had one day, all of a sudden, it appeared all over social media and was like, okay, cool. I want to see this. And uh, a friend of mine had posted on Facebook, they saw it at their local theater and they just didn't know what to make of it. And uh, Shane Dalman, um, Deep Red writer Shane Dalman, had posted something about it and was like, okay, I'm, I'm really interested in this. All these people are talking about it. I assumed and I don't know where I read this. I, I wish I could credit it, but somewhere, maybe, maybe Fangoria, maybe bloody disgusting, could have been Shudder themselves, said that it was uh, in similarity to Paranormal Activity. So I was—that was the gist that I had. And I sat down at like nine ten in the morning one morning to sit and watch this. Was making some tea, just thought I could sit through and watch. Oh, it's going to be a found footage movie, and was just fucking immediately. Baffled, and it it became a struggle at that point of like, well, I, I, is it going to to kick off? Is there going to be anything? And the movie doesn't even jerk you off. I think you end up finishing the whole thing out of utter shock of like, you can't be fucking kidding me. You can't honestly be calling this a movie. And I'm almost, a, I think we should be offended
2: that it, it's well, being see, called to me. A movie. I, I don't blame the filmmaker. I blame the hype machine yeah, around the film too. and the the fan base of just like continually hyping this as it like. I'm glad that you went to the student film festival and you saw something you liked, but that does not mean you can take that to a mass audience level and say you just don't get
1: it. Yeah, don't tell me I'm stupid. Don't make me feel like <laughs> I'm I'm the one that's not
2: getting it here. It's not me. It's don't <laughs> I get it. I just don't care. That's the thing. It's just like I understand what it. What, why it, you feel the way you do about this, but. I don't care because it just I don't see how too many people could ever feel like it. it's a very niche audience.
1: I feel way too like it has to be Paola. Too many people like this movie right now, but you know you brought up student films and uh, for for the Long Island International Film Festival, I've been last three or four days I've been trying to tackle because there's a lot we a great deal of segments horror, art house, all sorts of stuff. It takes everything, every type of film, obviously international, but there's a whole student film section for it and that's you know you're you're going from high school graduation level into some of these people have been like NYU for a few years so there's a chance you know you could get some really interesting stuff some really cool things but i i i i went from watching all these fucking student films to going into skinnamarink and i don't know maybe even help me do my job a little bit better because i'm seeing concepts from like 17 year olds where it's like yeah beginning middle and an end at least you can do that and this movie has the same thing but it's it's for me the biggest sin a movie can be guilty of is fucking being boring and this is so drastically boring and its whole do it yourself emotion thing i just argue I have seen in the last week, two weeks since October, some of the, the worst and some of the best movies I've ever seen in my life working for a festival. And then I saw Skin of a Rink and it's like, I I don't I don't feel this is a movie.
0: And I it's I, a
1: demo reel. Yeah, it's just not that... a feature. It's not a film. And it's 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 offensive to me to have it told that way. This is a movie and you're not getting it. Who the fuck are you talking to? Are you talking to me? (laughs) No, you're not like, I'm sorry. I get a fucking movie. I know what movies are. I've seen one. God damn it. I've been in one.
2: (laughs) It's an experiment and I'm all for experimentation. That is great. But experimentation is what it is. And it's a fucking experiment. Trying to take it to like another level is just like, why? Because if if we start getting more films in this this vein, it's just going to like you're alienating so much of an audience. Because like I just I don't understand how any God damn it, it makes me sound like reactionary, but like a normal film goer. Just like I'm mean, I'm not even talking about like your typical like crazy twister fan and just like my favorite movie speed. Um <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about like just Everybody like David Lynch fans. Is this is this where we're headed? Is this, what is you this want? like is this what you think the next David Lynch shit is? Because I'm I'm not jumping in the boat with you guys. I, I'm I'll be the old curmudgeon old man going. And back in my day, we had actors who said dialogue, and there was a story. Eh, shut up, you old man. I just need pretty colors for two hours.
1: Well, like, I don't even think you need actors. I don't don't know if you specifically need to even see somebody's fucking face, but what you definitely goddamn need is a point. There's gotta be, for this exercise, something. Aside from just, what, it's a vibe? It's scary? It fucking isn't either. It I I guess it could be a vibe. It's it's more like a bad fucking mushroom trip than anything else. You've lost your keys after eating too many mushrooms at your friend's house. Like I don't you can't find the fucking door. There's nothing to offer. And that I I guess at the end of the day that's what fucking makes me mad is there's nothing to offer and even out of the most morose fucking dumb pieces of shit fucking movies, stupid uh, slime ball babes at the Rama Two—a movie that that clearly has nothing to fucking offer at all, and unless you really want to see Brink Stevens direct a, a movie, she had to come in and fucking save. And nothing—I'm not, not trying to shit all over that. I'm just saying, at least it's fucking something.
2: Well, it—it's trying to communicate, and uh. I see the I see as a film that's trying to communicate, but it just doesn't understand how to communicate with like humanity as a whole and that's an issue with art it doesn't make it bad art it just makes it not relatable art um that's yeah. why like but i always get off on my, my critic space nonsense but when you are a critic and you tell somebody A movie like, this was wrong, the pacing was off, blah, blah, blah. And for a filmmaker to automatically get defensive, that is literally just somebody telling you what, as a viewer, as a consumer of your product, what I felt watching it. You don't have to do it. But I always go back to the litmus test of Day of the Dead. The original script for Romero's Day of the Dead was terrible. It was not a good, it was just too much going on, and it was all over the place. He couldn't make that movie for budgetary reasons, so he scaled it down and made a fucking masterpiece with Day of the Dead. Unarguably a masterpiece. So when you have problems, you have like a studio. You get notes. You don't have to take all the the notes, but at least understand that these notes are you are not communicating with me to where I understand or it is resonating with me. And if you don't listen to those notes and you have critics who are just kissing your ass saying that was the scariest thing I've ever seen, then you're not going to grow as an artist. And that's bad. You need to learn more about your craft. All artists need to learn more about your craft. You all need to communicate of what you were trying. Because if you're not trying to connect people emotionally via your art or tell some sort of story or tell a piece of history, any of those things. Those are all things where you're trying to emotionally connect with a a human audience. If you're not doing those things, what is the point of making art? Is it for it just to be there? Is it just like to, I made a film, here it is. I made a film. I, I filmed stuff in my house for two hours and I put a soundtrack behind it. Do you like my film? Not really. Well, I just don't think you know a lot about art, sir. I mean, that's, that's where I'm having a problem. With the, the the fan base of the film, it's just you're all so like. Of course, people are not like connecting with this at all. It just seems like you're just being like, "I like movies that are up their own ass." I liked Men. A lot of people hated Men last year. I liked it. That's completely up its own ass. And this, this film is way more up its own ass yeah. than that film is. I
1: never thought that there would be. A situation where I would say something nice about men, but holy shit! At least there's something. At least it's about
2: something. Yeah, there
1: is something in that movie that you can grasp onto, you can follow with. Uh, one thing I'll bring up, I'll tread lightly with it too. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't bring it up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this is a Patreon special, I'm just—I just don't want to incessantly talk shit about. I, it, it just is, is arbitrary because it's all down to opinions, but I'm just really, really shocked from, from some of the attitude, and it's kind of like what you're going into of, of, of well, you just don't understand art. Seeing grown men with you know, 30,000 followers that work for major magazines going, well, you just don't know how hard it is to make a movie. You should, okay, that's so fucking stupid to say to critics. It's, it's just a dumb thing because some people fucking spend a lot of time Uh, Go to school, spend money. Criticism is an art just as well as filmmaking is an art. But how how dare you to assume that? You know, at this point, bringing up my own fucking background, I... Been in two of them. So what are you trying to say? You know, my time on set doesn't allow me to complain about something, and that shouldn't matter. You should—that's so its a lack of eloquence at that point. You should never even have to respond to somebody that says to you, "Well, you don't know how hard it is to make a movie." It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if it was the hardest thing to do in your life. If it was still a bad fucking product, it's a bad product. It doesn't matter if the person that made your iPhone spent fucking six weeks hand making it if they fucked up one thing it's still fucked up (laughs) it won't work it won't turn on
2: you can tell me how many bad days you had on set and how many money problems financial problems you ran into. how many like oh your actor had to leave those are all fine i get that and it adds context to why the film is the way it is but at the end of the day all that context doesn't matter because the final product is is and always will be that final product that's why even movies I love that are terrible movies, and I know this is a bad movie, even though I'm emotionally connected to it, you still can't write it, it's a five-star movie because of uh, the nostalgia I have for yeah. it. It feels good to me. It's just like, no, it's a one-star movie. It is terrible. It's terribly made, but I just it it feels good to me so there. And you can say that. You got to look at everything say. together.
1: I mean, you got it. you can't just you I mean to an extent yeah you can with certain things, but you can't just go well this movie is made by Akira Kurosawa. So we got to rate it differently than this movie made by Don Toller. No, they're still both fucking movies, man. I'm going to rate Night Beast on the same fucking scale I'm rating Seven, seven Samurai on. That's how you it, <laughs> you can't start treating things differently because once you do then it opens up all this little bullshit subgenres of well, well well, this was really hard because the producer's sister's mothers died and they all had to break together. I don't care. That's not a fucking part of the movie. The art is the art, and if the art can't speak for itself, then you have failed, and that's that. 90% that's fucking, of your audience
2: failure. will never know what happened and will not care.
1: Yeah, they don't care that Aunt Susan's dead, man. It fucking sucks, but at the same time, they want the fucking movie. They want the product. Your sob story doesn't work. I mean, even, and this is a morbid thing to fucking bring up, but Jesus Christ, fucking Tony Scott jumped off a bridge and his final production still was finished. They still released it. It's, it's a shame. Brandon Lee got wasted on set. They fucking CGI'd some shit into the movie, in 94 nonetheless, and they slapped it out. Rust is finishing. They're gonna fucking finish the movie. It's not about... I'm not trying to say something about Alec Baldwin, but it's not so much about the fucking bullshit, it's the final product, it's the art and a lot of the times it's the goddamn investment that's been put into it, but that is capitalism and the sin.
0: It's
2: anti-art.
1: <laughs> it's it's against it. But then we I mean uh, we, we we said
2: this. What well, could be the opposite because the only thing I remember about the uh, Joe Pesci Danny Glover film Gone Fishing" was that a stuntman died on set and it was like oh, wow. a big deal at the time and I don't know anything else about that movie. I've never seen it. The only thing I know about it is Stuntman died in Boating Accident on the set of gone fishing. I
1: own it on VHS. It was uh it was one of my dad's favorite movies. Still have it. Shocking. I haven't seen it since like nineteen ninety seven.
2: Um, rest I have in peace never though. seen it because it didn't appeal to me then. Even I was even I was a, a small lad, and it still didn't appeal to me. And we were um, chatting before
1: the show that we were we were we knew we were going to get off subject, and and it's not so much off subject, but I, I it was hard when I did the the Watch Get Plus show because I just didn't want to yeah this is this is the type of movie you could easily turn into a punching bag. and i I, I had no want to do that, and I still don't want to do it because I have respect for the artist and, and whatever they've done. But it, it, in all honesty, i I just think this is a fucking piece of shit. and i I, I, <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. Like I have my opinions and I can look deep into things and I can try and be learned. But to me, it's 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 insulting. and I, even with shudder, I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I've gotten to a point. I think we can all be adults and admit Shudder originals uh, nine time out of ten are fucking awful. They're usually pretty bad. But this was. ah, You slapped me in my face. What the fuck? Like, what have I ever done to you? I pay you guys four dollars a fucking month for entertainment. And this is what I'm getting. Look, if the last drive in doesn't get fucking picked up again, I'm done. I got Arrow. It's all I need. Really, man. And and a lot of the shit that's on shutters on Arrow and at least their originals don't. Uh, some of them suck, but they're a little bit better produced. <laughs> I I gotta get some deal with Arrow that every time I mention them, they give me a dollar, I don't know. <laughs> give me a free T-shirt or something. Fuck guys. So skin of a rink. Is it a movie? Not so much. But is it art? Yeah, undisputably. Doesn't mean it's fucking good though.
2: <laughs> it, doesn't it doesn't mean it's meant to be like just consumed like normal media. And do we really need to unleash abnormal media like that onto a mass audience? Because you remember the blowback for the witch? How oh, God. The reviews yeah. Were, the scariest thing you'll ever see. And then people saw it and go, that wasn't, we talking about scary because people's definitions of fear are completely different. But now imagine the blowback for something like Skinamarink, which is going to be what did I even fucking watch? Are you people even trying anymore?
1: Well, even mid somar. I mean, um, you don't. You're not a big social media guy. You use Twitter every now and again, but I'm I'm on Facebook and I'm a member of you know the Joe Bob Mutant Group and weird horror movies and obscure movies and just a, a bunch of fucking horror movie groups and uh, movie groups in general. And still, you know, you'll see somebody commenting, or it'll come up, oh, Midsommar, worst movie I've ever seen. Hereditary, worst movie I've ever seen. People struggle with that, and I I admittedly i am not a big fan. I don't dislike it, but I'm not a big fan of Midsommar. But it's not because it's nonsensical. It's because it was cut like shit, and it was written dumb. I'm going to boldly say, the movie was written dumb. But my my thought process here is, look, if you were going to write a four-hour movie, that's fucking fine if it was a four-hour movie. But what we end up getting is a two-hour movie with the majority of all that shit cut. So at what point didn't it just occur occur to anyone of maybe we should rewrite this to be... Two hours, an hour and 40 minutes, whatever. Like you brought up with Ramiro. The original script for Day of the Dead was batshit bananas, and it was cut down and turned into something incredibly doable. Midsommar's a great movie. I think it could have been a better movie if it had been cut down and dealt with. But still, the point of it is people didn't fucking like it. People didn't like The Witch. People don't like Hereditary. It's because it makes them fucking think. Here's a movie that if it, it, all you have to do, it just forces you to sit and have this conundrum, these, uh, what is this? What am I dealing with? So, what, Marvel movies where you don't have to think or fucking this? What do you want? There's no goddamn middle. I mean, God, people even complained about not understanding the Northmen. What the fuck wasn't there to understand, though? I mean, what I've seen Hamlet. I I know what it's about. Even if you haven't, you've fucking seen Conan, I'm sure, at TBS at some point. If you're a male over the age of 30, I'm going to assume you've fucking seen Conan the Barbarian, at least on TV. I mean, I guess that shouldn't say things like that, you know, but whatever.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can yes, say a the, statement uh, like that. The- but... The Conanless Incel community is going to have a field day with you, Hank. I'm sure. I'm 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 constantly
1: worried. Uh, one of our nine patrons is gonna <laughs> be well, strongly upset over this. Well, I haven't seen Conan, and I'm over thirty. I guess I can't listen anymore. Oh fuck! I just um I don't know. It's 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 an absolute loss for me because I don't know what I think. I, I and as I was saying at the beginning of this, on one hand, there's all this good about selling a movie like this, and it opens the door for indie people and indie horror and it will become you know it's great people can see it but on the other hand it's just selling snake oil absolute bullshit and i i just I, on it's, the other it's hand loss.
2: i have to listen to dipshit douchebag credits like critics just run their mouths about the essence of the film is this i know i know all these things i am not dumb The problem is none of that matters. Why do you care to sit down and watch this? I'm sure there are people who are going to have seen this like three, four times over in the next couple of years. And like, what, how are you still watching this? I I just don't see how much entertainment you can get from watching like a seven-year-old's feet every 10 minutes. I mean, waiting for the
1: Blu-ray to come out and there's deleted scenes and extended features and a four commentary track. I mean, it's just... I, it's genius marketing. I mean, it's like fucking Kiss. You know, Gene Simmons just figuring out how to make money out of everything. But is that good for art? Is is is, is capitalism and money good for art? And it's it's uh, it's a, a catch twenty two that I don't, I don't want to play with. I'm not I'm not into the idea of it. And I I like you. I don't want to come off as an old man that doesn't want to move on with the times and get the new art. But this ain't this ain't the new art. It's experimental, and that's fine. But, I mean, even... It's like, uh, well, Jimi Hendrix, he was experimental, and that became the mainstay. Yeah, but fucking Jimi Hendrix was doing something. He wasn't just standing there making noise. He, he actually was
0: doing something.
2: Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It It reminds me of art students I used to know who just... They didn't particularly understand how... Art criticism worked. They didn't understand how class worked. It's just like I do what I want to do, and you just appreciate it for what it is, and that's all there is to it. It's like no, I don't have. You have to learn to grow as an artist. Like it helps to conversate with other artists and like-minded individuals to see where you might not be even interpreting your own emotions in a, a way that's constructive. Like that's, I guess, the biggest problem is I just don't think this was an effort. Or an experiment that was particularly constructive to to, like, to anything. It 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 didn't do anything particularly new, other than just kind of chop the the narrative out of filmmaking. And can you just make a film that is absolutely experimental, non-narrative, and still like and still connect with an audience? And to certain to a certain extent, I guess the answer to that question, which is partially yes. Now, the box office returns are going to tell people that, oh, we can do this kind of thing and make money, but how many of that say, what did it make, $2 million and its theatrical yeah, run? Yeah, $2 million. And the people who saw it, of that $2 million, how many of those people would go back again and be, just be like, yes, I am in for more experiences that are very similar to this? Because I, I bet a lot of people feel just like us, where they feel like, I kind of got housed with that one. I, I kind of feel like I wasted an, uh, an hour and 40 minutes of my life.
1: My time's been stolen.
2: So like how often can you try to do something like this? Because I think to me, that's so many rules were broken. Like film rules are broken and storytelling rules were broken by this film, but you have to understand what those rules are, why they're there to be able to break them and have a reason for breaking them. And I don't think there was a reason for breaking them other than just because I can, And that's a terrible reason to break rules because you end up with just kind of like muted gray. It's why you don't mix like, you know, purple and orange together because you're always going to get brown well, maybe it won't be brown this time. It's always going to be brown. So it's kind of the same way with this. It's just like you're just trying. Like There's a reason you don't mix those two colors because it's going to be muddy. It's not going to be a good, even a nice shade of brown. It's just kind of a shitty brown color. I'm sure so, as
1: we're speaking, Skid Marks 2 is in fucking production. Uh, you know, it's, it's like I said about the Blu-ray. What is it going to be? A four-hour cut? What is there more shit that we don't understand? It just, more I, Legos on the wall? I really feel, uh, uh, with more time to think about it, I'm just insulted by the whole thing. That it just seems... Especially by, like, fucking Shudder. You know, by, by an AMC network, watch this garbage and like it, because we're fucking telling you to. I God, I'm tired of it. I'm so I'm tired of it. I'm not
2: insulted by, like, the, the concept of trying to, like, get people to watch... I'm insulted by the people who are just more of like, I just don't think you're you're getting it like there's What's nothing there to, get? to get, folks. It is what it is. And it's just not going to connect with a lot of people. And that's fine that doesn't connect with people. You can't get all your panties in a twist just because it doesn't or it does. The only reason I'm getting my panties in a twist is because I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> I'm just tired of, like, please stop telling me how good this movie is. Because I don't like it. I didn't think it was good. I don't particularly want to have a conversation with it about you. And you try to convince me why I'm wrong, because there is no point.
1: You just didn't get it, man. Yeah, like, how oh, I got it. I understand it. What's there to fucking get, though?
2: Well, I just and I think there's this certain urge for especially more modern filmmakers. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhat prevalent in the 80s and 70s and all that as well. But like who are just who kind of treat their audience like they're fucking stupid or you get those like you were just talking about earlier, like, well, this happened on the set and you don't understand how filmmaking works. You never made a film, so you don't understand how chaotic it can be. And it's just like I, I just don't understand why any of that like matters the most important thing as far as filmmaking is concerned is like it's the audience and is that piece of artwork representative of an audience that wants to to, to see the film. And if it's not, there's just does it even serve a purpose at that point?
1: I mean, then you even have something like John Waters, who's out, you know, his originals, early films, Pink Flamingos, things like that's out there to be dangerous to. In in some ways, but
2: he understand the ru- He understood those rules, and that's why he was breaking them. That's
1: that's the transition I'm trying to bring up here. Is is you have something like that that is almost made to hurt the audience, and there's still a point for that, though. And there's an audience for that. This just seems like it, it it's it's so strangely interjected. It's a horror movie, so we have to take it. It's indie horror, we have to support it. It's mutant fam, we have to support it. And it's just oh, I'm tired of this this force fed convoluted horse shit it stands for nothing they literally made a new indie horror movie that's an hour and 40 minutes about nothing and they sell it and they run it up the flagpole and tell you to like it then you go and you look outside and it's all these people it's fucking it's the scariest goddamn thing i've ever seen what the fuck well that that (laughs) leads me back into
2: my whole terrifier debate of this like not terrifier 2 haven't seen that but the the first terrifier film was just like this is uh, like a special effects reel. This is a whole bunch of like gore and just gore for gore's sakes. And there is no real story here. And what story there is here is bad. And you're kind of giving a horror a bad name because this is what every asshole who looks down on horror thinks like slasher movies are and movies filled with, you know, violence can, or, Oh, it's just killing for an hour and a half. and You just get off on that. I'm like, no, horror has always been deeper than that. I've always like stood up for horror. And then, when somebody makes a movie that is exactly that it's just like well now it's a little bit of shame that this is all you could come up with and it's the same way with this film where it's just like I'm a little ashamed this is all you could come up with and you're gonna like I can't defend this as a fan of the horror genre because I I want when people like a normie will say say, that movie wasn't scary at all it was kind of shitty I have to go yeah it was you're correct
1: you know I want to fight it I want to champion it I want to be there for the little guy especially with Death by DVD, you know we've been around for a long time. We have a, a good venue where we could champion and and have a heart for these independent products. And it's not like we don't, but I mean, what 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 gain is it? We're gonna go out there and lie and say this movie makes sense. And 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 honestly, I tried to make theories and to come up with what it's about. You know, I really wanted
2: there it's to be. It's about emotion. It's about emotion as a little kid would feel it. That's great. I'm not a small child, and I don't find like some of the shots were set up perfect. Like one of the things the scariest things to me is dark hallway with a door open. You can't see anything and in, uh, like inside the door because it's so dark. And if the camera is like you know, say, ten feet away, you just see it like in the in the bottom corner, and maybe thinking about seeing something horrible crawl out of that corner of the screen. That can be a terrifying thing, and those shots are set up, but nothing ever comes out. Nothing creepy ever like really comes out of the darkness. It's just darkness for the sake of darkness. Isn't darkness scary? Well, no, if nothing ever comes out of it, then I just get used to the darkness like a grown-up does it's just
1: kind of how it is yeah i think the whole vibe and emotion it it, it keeps claiming and and imposing on itself is just lost like there is nothing i don't i don't see the emotion i don't see the vibe maybe i'm too old i don't get it or maybe i'm asking for too much but i mean god a a couple years ago i i tried to sit through um it's a god aired film i'm a fucking asshole for bringing it up without knowing its name but it's like two and a half hours of people on a cruise ship and there's no real narrative plot and you're just picking up pieces of conversation kind of lost to the wind but even by the time you got to the fucking end of it I thought it was really morose I'm honestly not the biggest Jean-Luc got haired person in the world but I, it still had some fluency and a point and it's like I've I, I brought up a couple other films throughout this, this episode where I'm just I'm, I'm trying so hard and I don't. I feel I'm doing more than I should be as an audience member to relate to the movie, to grasp the movie, to find some sort of positivity of well, you know, like I keep bringing it up, it's cool, it was sold. But the more and more I come down to it and focus on it, it's just I'm 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 more and so insulted by the matter, I guess, when I think about it that I don't know if I want to watch this guy's films anymore. I don't. I don't care what the next. And to me, that's that's disheartening. That's
2: heartbreaking and sad. You spent thirteen grand on it. Thirteen thousand dollars on I guess the fuck did that appear on film screen? stock? I guess, well, and no, it printing, was digital. If it was shot on, was It, film, it shot on digital and then done with the, uh, a yeah, effects uh, pass of grain. It
1: completely, all of it's digital. All of that's post. Nothing is filmed. Then what did you up. spend the
2: goddamn money on?
1: Yeah, I I I don't unless they rented the house or something and had to buy retro '80s toys. I don't know. They still wouldn't cover that. It's just, um,
2: I, I, it's pushed me I away guess from blowing up the, the negative to 35 mil or ma- making a negative of it. The show is, fil- I don't know. I don't I even know it's if it's just been a digital transfer too.
1: Like... I think it's a digital transfer because it's being mostly shown at like AMC and regals. So I don't know if I think that's Jesus all... Christ,
2: yeah. where did the money go
1: at thir- Yeah, that's that. It is baffling what the, what the budget is on. But I, to me, I mean, I think it's damning, but it's, it's sad I don't want to see another movie by this guy. I don't want to risk the the chance of wasting another hour and 40 fucking minutes that I could have done anything. I mean literally anything. I found I could myself have watched Munchies again. Well, I found myself cleaning out my fucking email at one point of like Jesus Christ, like who does that? This has just gotten me to a point I couldn't I, I And it was a challenge. I, I saw this goddamn movie twice. It was a challenge to me of, let's sit through it, where I was fighting, like recognizing, no, you're reaching for your phone. Nope, you're going to roll a joint. You got to watch this. Don't do anything else. And I couldn't. I was that fucking bored, and that's the just greatest sin to commit. Not for art, because art can be boring. I'll, for me, example, I don't show a lot of my art. I still create it. It is important to me, but it's not for audiences. I don't show it to people this seems like something like that this <laughs> you know sometimes you make things you make uh, for example bring up robert eggers that he was a dp for years and um he did some set dressing he did a lot he did a lot of different jobs moving through the film industry and he'd worked with uh, you know, friends, peers, people that had taken interest in, into his artistic vision, and at some point, it came to a place where he was given like two or three million dollars, or no, that's for the witch. I'm sorry, i have a little backward. He was given you know a couple thousand dollars to go out and shoot a a spec reel, a a proof of concept reel, a demo
2: reel, and which he, is
1: what this film was. Yeah, he went out and he shot a demo reel, and that's what got him the gig for the witch. He got three million dollars to make that movie, and the Witch. It's still a very abstract, conceptually dense movie, but it fucking stands for something, and it stands for a point. And this seems so similar to that story. You know, you have something, you do have an idea with emotion and the vibe, as everyone keeps calling it. You have something. but I And, and I, I truly feel that the director has more to offer, but I just don't fucking want to see it. I, I, and especially after seeing Heck, the short film, I, 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 my insult stands too much for injury, I guess, where it's going to be like salt in the wound of, if he fucking tricks me again, I'm just a stupid bastard. You know, I, I, It's like Tarantino. Not to, to I
2: stopped watching Uli Bowl movies.
1: Exactly. And that's where I was going with it. I stopped watching Quentin Tarantino movies because I stopped liking them. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I haven't seen Hateful Eight and, and all and Django and all that shit. Why? Because I've seen twenty I've seen the original Django and twenty-eight other Django knockoffs. So I have no interest in seeing his. I I don't care. I've seen the thing. I don't need to see Hateful Eight. And it's not that they're the same fucking movie, but whatever. When when you know you're not gonna like something,
2: why? spend the time I don't on. bother with it at this point i used to like when it was the 90s 80s uh even the early 2000s i would make an attempt to watch almost everything yeah, i worked at yeah. a video store at one point and had you know free access to anything that came out and i would watch a lot of it and at this point in life it's just there's a lot of things there's well, be annoyed nope. yeah i treat like how everybody else treats um Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus or whatever the fuck it's called that's how i treat a lot of movies now because it's just like i'm i'm not going to like it so why bother i'm not buying Apple Plus because there's nothing on it i don't care how many Samuel Jackson TV series you throw at me it's just no i'm not getting another streaming service and just by that same rationale no i'm not watching another one of these movies because just what's the point like, I don't watch comedy at all anymore, most comedies, because what's the point? It's probably not going to be funny. Well, no matter what he does, you know, and, unless I, I have someone like you telling
1: me a fucking detailed synopsis of the movie, I'm not going to waste my time. I have no interest anymore, and that's that's intense. Like, it, it took 20 years of me watching Quentin Tarantino movies to finally go, all right, I've, I've now seen all the movies that he keeps doing the homages from, it's not funny anymore. I get it. Hey, I have nothing with this guy. I don't know what to do with Mr. Ball. Uh, you, you've you you have genuinely intrigued me, but at the same time pushed me away so far that I don't give a fuck about the rest of your work. I don't care about your fucking career.
2: Like, okay, I, and I feel, not to this level whatsoever, but I, I feel the same way a little bit about Robert Eggers. I think he's an amazing filmmaker. Do not get me wrong on that, but like, I I love The Witch. I like The Lighthouse a little bit less. And I like The Northman a little bit less than I like that. Not to say I'm not going to watch his movies anymore. I will still watch his movies because I think, especially visually, he's a tremendous filmmaker. But I'm just not going to... I don't have this like level of regard or anything. It's not like every movie he puts out, I'm going, oh man, I'm excited to see this because he literally always delivers. Well, he doesn't always deliver. Sometimes he makes some... Just okay movie, just like it's not an excellent film, but you know i I temper my expectations, and with uh Skinnerrink, my expectations are like nothing
1: well, that's like our contrast between you know like uh, Eggers and Jordan Peel. You are are very very excited for Jordan. I'm very very excited
2: for. Eggers. I have high expectations for him. But at,
1: but at least on both of our spectrums, we can individually like, well, me, I have this, this, and this. You have this, this, and this. We can come to terms and have something for a defense, and well, not even a defense of like this is personally what I like about Robert Eggers this is what I like about Peel. When it comes to Ball, it's like I there. What what could what could you honestly say to somebody? What could you argue with them of, of is the fucking point? I mean, I don't know. You see where I'm trying to go, but at the same time. Oh, I see. It's like like, it's... like you
2: you wanna talk about the perfection again?
1: <laughs> oh god. I need to rewatch it. We should do a perfection show. That's that's our one movie that we've always been uh split upon. And
2: odds ends on because I really like it and Hank just like, What is the fucking point? And that ending sucks. No, I I got the point. I just think it was was against its own
1: point by the end of the movie, if I remember correctly. And I didn't, uh, I did, I didn't agree with what we'd been shown of our lead two characters. That what they did at the end fit what
2: their Toby uh, Hooper, my friend. What did Toby Hooper do with Texas Chainsaw Two? What is Toby Hooper? What embodied him as a director in most of his films?
1: Uh, making money because he hated the man and just wanted to go smoke weed and, and Tijuana and drink some Dr. That's pepper. That's true.
2: But also, <laughs> he just had this whole thing of just like, towards the last 15, 20 minutes, it becomes, fuck it. Let's see how far we can push this. And I think the same, it's kind of the same way with perfection. And I think it's a little bit the same way with men of just like, no, fuck this. Let's just go balls out. I've been pushing a direction with, the, with this piece. And if I can take this leap, why not? And I just I admire that bold thing to not like end it in a way it's a, it's supposed to end or in a way that it feels comfortable. It's just it it's just kind of wild and crazy. It's the opera. It's the Toby Ho- Hooper opera. I look forward to you seeing Infinity
1: Pool. That's gonna we're, we're we're definitely gonna come back and have to do an episode on that one. That I
2: you know I don't want to uh, say anything too much. I liked it. I, it, uh, I, like I know it. the basic construct of what's happening, and I'm interested in that. Um, although, Brandon Cronenberg has yet to really prove himself to me. I think he's a good filmmaker, and I've liked, emphasis on liked, his two films. I haven't loved any of his films yet. So that, that's where I'm at I, as far as Brandon Cronenberg is concerned.
1: It definitely suffers from a lot of the same problems that Possessor suffers from. I like a lot. I don't I'm love would be a strong word, but I like a lot especially conceptually what happens in in his first film. I think that's that's the the whole virus thing and especially like Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, you
2: character. just recently watched Antiviral. That was my I I saw it years ago and I, I recently Oh, I just but I know you recently it, yeah. rewatched it. Like my problem with that film is I think it has an amazing concept and it, it, like the, especially the first like thirty forty five minutes is like I'm really enjoying where this is going. But Brandon Cronenberg has this tendency to like fucking meander into weird subplots that go nowhere and like don't really they they like slow the story down. They slow the the momentum of what is is happening in the piece. And I felt that way about Antiviral, where I felt like I was going it was going in so strong, and then it's just like oh my god. Where is this even going? And it's it's actually kind of started getting a little boring because we've gone off on this kind of weird tangent that why is it going this direction? Because this direction is not even that interesting.
1: It seems to be around the, the end of the second act. He does that and yeah. everything. And it's it's like the first two acts are really strong and you start moving into the third one and it just goes to... And then for some reason, another. it's like... A, second act turns into an unnecessary 40 minutes added to every movie and it happens yes. definitely again with infinity pool and the weirdest thing i just i could not help but feel the entire fucking movie uh, Alexander Skarsgård's great. He's great in almost everything. Well, not almost everything he does. All the Skarsgård's are great, but god damn it, this role would Army Hammer would have fucking been perfect. This, <laughs> and, and there's no cannibalism. There's nothing even weird. It's just as I was even watching the movie, it seems like god, this is this is perfect for somebody like him because he's very Patrick Bateman. He's very like plastic yeah. and uh, kind of hollow. And I I, I I I've seen a handful of um, Army Hammer performances, and I do think he's genuinely. Uh, aside from being batshit crazy and a fucking cannibal, a really talented actor. But the the again the sin a movie the biggest cynic movie can commit is being boring. And there were just parts of Infinity Pool I got to see it theatrically where I was just even and it was a I did I was the only fucking person in the theater and I was even looking around like Jesus fuck come on let's move it up let's let's kick <laughs> do something Boy, okay
2: in possessor there's um we go through the whole thing of where she and you know inhabits the mind of the dude and he's trying to steal the thing from Sean Bean and all that, you know, the, the intrigue, the spy shit happens. And then the melding of the two personalities into one body happens. And like, I don't have a problem with that idea. What I have a problem with is to indicate this, it seems to go on like a 20 minute tirade of nondescript visual storytelling. That is just random weird shit that just goes on and on and on. It doesn't really, further the narrative that much as much as it, cause like you could cut out, I, I think a good 15, 20 minutes out of possessor in that part where it's just like, I understand what's happening. Why is it like, why are you, why are you continually trying to kind of explain it to me? I think that's, and I felt kind of the same way with antiviral. It's just like, I know, can we move on with what's happening? No, we're still going to be in this like weird fucking, like this, like, Ethereal fucking world of nothing, of just stuff, of just visual stuff for no reason.
1: And Infinity Pool is no different. Uh, yeah, um, okay, I mean, so if, you, if if you like Mia Goth, you got some some really crazy. And it's not a bad movie. I mean, I, I think I three-starred it, and I it, it's it's not even like a shallow three-stars. It's just the same thing. And and this is the least David Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg, but you can in like the first five minutes of the movie, it's like, well, you, I know who taught this guy how to use a camera, but it's <laughs> it's just overwhelming, and it's it's I don't know, it's we've made well, see, the That's before. what I
2: like. I know a lot of people think *Crimes of the Future*, Cronenberg's last film, is very mid, but. I ended it's up great. really enjoying it. It is cheap. Like, I mean, it just doesn't have the highest budget. It doesn't really affect uh, the appearance of it that much. It's just, it's very scaled back as far as scope is concerned. But he he does cram in a good amount of, like, design and um conceptual ideas throughout the film to kind of, like, fill it out more. But it's a complete and utter idea from beginning, middle, and end of what he was trying to say in this particular, this this piece of art is just like, this is what I am trying to communicate about the way the human body is evolving and evolving with, um, kind of the, uh, the environment and the environment around us. And like with the next step in human evolution, it, like, you know, typical Cronenberg concepts. And I enjoyed all of those things. And he was able to create a tone and a, and a feel to the film that only Cronenberg can do. And that's why I think, it does have some you know typical body horror tropes but i think what people have struggled with cronenberg for years is the tone he is able to create it's i've always used the word sterile it's a very canadian thing like i i couldn't see an american filmmaker <laughs> like making art like cronenberg does cuz it's just it feels very canadian it feels very proper and very ordered it's almost like a scientific experiment that he is running but using philosophy and science in like together, like he wants to test a philosophic concept. So he uses science to test it. It's a very interesting dynamic.
1: Even beyond that. I mean, he he has a deep seated obsession with science, medicine and psychology, but he, he's also fascinated by, by, by machines, by engines, by, by some, even something as simple as motorcycles. And I think all of that actually shows up in his films. just, the, the mechanisms and what makes an engine and pistons and these machines that fire and work on absolute precision are so much similar to the the uh a, a, a autonomy of a human being and what builds us up is that he takes all these things of absolute precision, like Dead Ringers is a great example, it's an engine. That entire movie is firing on all these different cylinders and producing different things that happen, and when you look at the repercussion of both of these brothers and what's happening throughout the movie, it's just like the the inside of a fucking car, and it's, it's I mean, fast company. How get the car fuck, movie,
2: but... okay, I'm sorry, this is straying a bit off topic, but right on topic. How the fuck did David Cronenberg? Okay, so he makes the fly, and it's a huge hit, and people love it. Well, the next movie I want to make is Dead Ringers, and the studio goes, oh, "Okay, I, we trust you." Why you're trusting him? I have no idea. Because he makes that film next. And think about how fucking strange Dead Ringers is as a film, as a story about gynecology. The concept twin brothers. it's working with. Well, not just the, like the gynecological ideas, but just the ideas of. um self and um, oh God kind of the, the, the mental gymnastics that we play with ourselves and with each other and as siblings. it's just I don't know it's just it's such a layered piece of art that a studio put out and said okay we will pay and i think it was like a 15 million dollar budget why would you give him that money and then
1: they did it again with the chinese film right after that and we're like all right i guess we're we're just going to we're going to let you go to china this time and film over there and just take jeremy irons with you do whatever you want to fine and that was i mean those 3 in a row going from the fly to
2: Dead Ringers to yeah.
1: Lunch. I mean, it's like Jesus fucking Christ, David. How? Do, and he kept getting funding. I mean, it worked. They sold it. It's
2: it's all quite. Did beautiful. any of those producers have they ever read Naked Lunch and said? Because my first question if David Cromer says, "I want to make a movie of Naked Lunch." How? <laughs>
1: Why? What are you going to do? I mean, most of it how? takes place in this fucking unfathomable place, but it works. It's like, not it's... even really a
2: story, but it is. Like, how are you going to visualize any of this? And he said, well, I'm just going to make it about something that's not the book, but kind of the same way it is. And when you get the explanation, it makes sense. But still, it's just like... Well, Naked Lunch is a
1: good one, bringing up Infinity Pool, because the movies uh, do have draw some similarities in kind of the, uh, the realm of that they take place and No spoilers, but talking about the plot that these celebrities... Not celebrities. Rich people are... there. It's like a vacation country. It's one of those places in South America that's ridiculously dangerous, but they've built billion-dollar resorts there. And if you leave the resort, you can get in a great deal of trouble. And we learn in this movie that... If you commit a crime, the country has a very strict law policy, and they will execute you for almost absolutely anything. And... If you're rich or a dignitary, they will make a clone of you. And these people get addicted to kind of getting killed over and over and over again, thrill chasers, because they're so rich and empty, they have absolutely nothing else to offer. And the fucking idea, it's great, and it sounds just like something that his father would do, and it it, it has, I know this isn't a word, but that sterility that David Cronenberg Sterility. Ber- sterility, yeah, I, sterility. I said it funny. But it, 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 it has that, and he... As his own artist, no complaint. You know, you don't. We don't want him to be the same as his father,
2: but he, 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 he. I don't know. It, it, it feels like he's driving. I don't want the same vibe, but I just want a similar. I want him to get like create his own vibe with his films, and I think he's trying. He's just yeah. not
1: there yet. I mean, here's a, a weird uh, metaphor for you, but it feels like he's driving the car, but his dad is still. And the shotgun. And he's still, you know, giving him advice, backseat driving, letting. And it's not, that's not the case. I just feel like, as a director, as an artist, that he's coming out of his shell. He's moving farther away than anything else that his dad has done. But still, you can, it feels like there's just spots speckled throughout this movie where he's like, I got to Cronenberg this up. This is not Cronenbergian enough. I got to add some weird shit. But is shit. that and
2: also how he's getting funding? Is that people are just kind of. Interested in just, like, being in business with a Cronenberg.
1: This would have worked a lot better if it hadn't been cronenberg up. Like, it was its great own art piece, and then it gets a little David Cronenberg at times, and it's like, yeah, it's... It's, like an, it's just like one of the mini-knockoffs of David Cronenberg's film, and it's, it's, I hate that term. It's something with Skinnamarink I keep seeing is it's Lynchian. That's lazy. Calling something Cronenbergian or Lynchian is just a fucking lazy idea for this vibe, so it has a similar vibe? That means nothing to me, and especially comparing Skinnamarink to the work of David Lynch. I don't care how much people don't like him. It's still just you might not get something out of his work, but that doesn't mean it's not there. With Skinnermarink, you could say the same thing, but I'm gonna fucking put my foot down.
2: There's nothing there. Well, it's just it's like it's the B units leftover footage from Eraserhead. It was people going out to get stock shots so Lynch could like pepper those into his piece, and that's what the whole movie just feels like. It's just like. This is like B team footage of just like some objects and some interesting angles and a house and some darkness. What do you want me to presume from any of this? Well, I mean, there's, there's like creepy voices and stuff. Okay.
1: Okay. You know what do you you get? Anything?
2: Well, I mean, it's look at something like paranormal activity, um, which is by no means like any sort of upper echelon of filmmaking but they do use some sources of like effective filmmaking techniques. But this film, like when you have the security cameras and paranormal activity and you have the, uh, especially the opening scenes of paranormal activity where it's just like, you know, a lot of footage of like, you know, uh home owned security footage. That's what this whole film feels like. It's just that building footage they use in paranormal activity but they have payoff in those films. It might not be the greatest thing on earth, but there is payoff.
1: Yeah, that was uh, one of the alarming things getting to the end of the movie and the credits start rolling. It was like, this is it. This can't. This Somebody can't dumped black paint on the floor like four times with a screen. Well, you finally get to see the skin of Marink, and it—it's just a face. It's and it's—it's it's scary. It's
2: an out-of-focus face.
1: Well, it finally becomes scary because the volume's been turned down for a while, and then there's a a, a tape glitch sound, and it screams at you. And I mean, we're getting monotonous at this point, but it—it—I it, don't know. I don't want to be too mean, but I—I I just think it's absolute bullshit, and it—it it really. Grinds on my fucking gears that this is just, it's, and it's not just stuff like this, but there's, there's a whole slew of movies I can name that are just garbage that are consistently shoved down your throat. And it's like even Megan, I'll, I'll bring that one up. I'm tired of being told I need to lighten up. I'm sorry. It was a fucking, it wasn't even a horror movie. It It's just cannon fodder. Uh, I saw the other day as an article is, on Facebook. What
2: I like to call it is. It's a meme movie. The meme it creates is the important thing. The film in itself like mean, I, I haven't even seen Megan, but I can tell you what the whole point of that, movie, like creating that movie and putting it out was to make memes of it, to sell it and make memes. And it worked because there's a sequel coming because people like the fucking gifs. I saw an article on Facebook the
1: other day of of you know, here's movies you've never heard of that are are way better than people say they are. And the first movie was Valentine. And I I get like at Darcy the Mail Girl does it and there's a lot of other people. They they you know, we're we're fighting for these two thousands horror movies. They're better than you think. No, they fucking weren't. I was there for it the goddamn
2: first. They really time. weren't. <laughs> you know, it's, they're it's, all the same movie. They all feel the same. You that, gotta like...
1: lighten up on 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 Scream and the sequels. Do I really need to lighten up on all six Screams? Is that it, do you, is that what you want? Do you want to hear us come and talk about Scream and Valentine? And I read these fucking mundane, dead fucking articles that haven't been corrected with spelling and they're just terribly fucking pieced together. And it's just this ass and I, Well, the problem is, you're just, they're extremists horror extremists they don't want you to that's uh, who the fuck is it what is that what is a horror extremist the days of the underground and guys like uh the Toe tag crew and all these extreme gore movies it's fucking dead and it's gone saying something sucks doesn't make you an extremist it just means you have an opinion that's it well
2: okay did, did you finally see scream 5
1: I have not seen Scream two, three, or oh. four, or the show.
2: Yeah, I, I hope oh, I, I die I've, before I see. I him. haven't seen Scream four. I did see Scream five because somebody made me watch it. But um, I and spoilers for Scream five. I know Hank doesn't give a shit about spoilers. One of the killers is a person that because it, it's you know it's a friend group, but they maybe had five lines of dialogue the entire movie, What's and they're the mostly point? just kind of in the background of a lot of like scenes. They're just kind of one of the friends nodding their head, listening. They maybe had, and I'm just like, what? Who is this person? They're one of the killers, and why? Um, TikTok. I want to be big on TikTok or something. It's like, okay, this is just fucking, like, I am it's a terrible movie. I think, I'm just, I've never been a fan of the Scream series at all, but they just keep getting worse and worse. And yes, it's more modern commentary. It's not the fact that, like, some of it's kind of interesting on that level, the commentary they're trying to bring to it, but it's just the execution isn't there because you keep having to hire these like, I don't want to like be overly mean, but just like actors and to play brain dead characters who are there to be pretty or handsome and say some bullshit Dawson's Creek like dialogue. And then, but did you know that they were the killer? Okay, the end. It's yeah. because of uh, re- like reboots, and this is what these are the rules for reboots. And like some like, there's one scene where they're talking about reboot rules. And it's like, okay, that's a little interesting, but that's the last time we really bring that up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's
1: kind of come back to the Tarantino
2: thing. I just don't
1: bother with things. It's like Megan. I I normally would have stayed as far away from that movie as possible, but you know, I got invited to do a guest spot, so I saw it. And I was hoping at some point that maybe it would enlighten me and I I would, you know, maybe I have a chip on my shoulder and I'm the problem. It's not a matter of the the genre changing or generations changing. It's a matter of fucking capitalism and shit being made for the sake of, well, horror is getting popular again, so let's fucking keep pushing out movies. And like Blumhouse is becoming what Lionsgate was in the early 2000s. It's not a problem. They
2: become a sequel studio, and they become like Dimension. It's just like the important thing is the name. It's to create a another series of films, an IP that we can endlessly sell T-shirts and stuff of. And I don't have any inherent problem with all of that, but it just at a certain point, it feels it gets really, really stale.
1: I just feel kind of cheapened by it at the same time too. Of like, I understand we all want a, a new person, and at some points you you kind of I guess that era is over. That that is it's dead. We're not going to get a new Freddie. We're not having a new Jason. We've we've tried resurgences with Michael. It's gone. The era
2: is over. But the, okay, one of the things this is a personal thing with me. Like I like Trick or Treat the 2000. What year was that? 2007 film. Like I enjoyed the film trick or treat. Um, and I think each little individual anthology segment has its own pluses and minuses, but it's a nice, solid little movie. What I don't like about trick or treat is how much merchandise is there of Sam? It's the one character that they could make merchandise of. I mean, it's about so many different things because it is an anthology film, but there's this one character that took off and it only took off as a product it's not even like the character doesn't even particularly have that much backstory or anything. It's just like, I like the way it looks. And I think, but it's just, it's so prevalent in culture. Now it's literally everywhere. The character of Sam is just on lunch lunchboxes. It's on every piece of merchandise you can. And that's what I just have just gotten very irritated with horror over. Is just the idea of the marketing, the, licensing is the most important thing we're trying to sell here it's not so much the film as we're selling we're more interested in selling products of characters over and over and over again and that's it just it it makes everything kind of feel cheap in a way after a while that
1: makes me like as the audience member feel cheap it makes me i i love a good action figure or T-shirt just as the next guy, but which is I'm, cool,
2: not a thousand yeah, of them. Though. But yeah,
1: when you're specifically selling me the idea as a product, and they even skin them a rink, it feels like that uh, to an extent that this is this is the vibe I'm being We're sold. We're selling
2: phones.
1: Yeah, here's the new vibe, a new product that we are, are going to force down your throat. And if you have the gall to disagree with us, you're the wrong one. You're a bad guy. And that's a part of the, the horror scene or whatever the fuck you want to call it culture these days that is, is really disappointing and upsetting that you can't have any any criticism, you can't have any constructive criticism or any very Support at all. Support
2: every last bit of
1: it. You can't disagree at all. You're a bad guy, you're a monster, you're you're
2: you're this or that. And it's like, well, and this is shit. not even like disagreements about like things that you'd even perceived as being Political in nature. These are just disagreements about I don't whether like a movie's movie. good or not. Like it's just like, I, what's good about this film? Well, you
1: know, Linus and I brought this up on. Uh, I think it's an episode called The Halloween Hangover, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of being one of those big, barbarian fanboys that I was kissing the movies ass. And Linus pointed out to me, and and this is a a great point, at least where we're talking here. The movie is effective the very first time you see it but if you know what happens in the movie, kind of fucking sucks at that point. It's great for the first time and that's very damaging when it comes to the credentials of a movie. You can't watch it more than once. It's and I like I want to buy it. I want to see the making of. I'm very I love the director. I think it it, I'm into it his is
2: work. deeper than that. I think there's more story to be explored. There's more especially if you go back after knowing what's going on That's the like, thing though. It,
1: I mean, do you want a sequel out of this? Like and and that's no,
2: I'm not no, no, yeah. talking about sequel. It's more of going through the original again. And maybe looking for clues in the beginning, maybe just kind of interpreting these characters a little bit different now that you know what's going on. I think there's things to be explored there, but I guess where my big gripe was is just like, Oh my God, you will be completely shocked by the last 30, 45 minutes of this film. I'm Like, all right, shock me. I'm ready to be shocked. And I wasn't shocked. It was just like, okay, well this is a place I, I could see this going. It didn't like, Go to some weird, different direction that I was never expecting, and went in a direction I was completely expecting. I, I like that direction. It just didn't like, like bowl me over of like, oh my god,
1: I can't believe where that went. A friend of mine said that it was it was more shocking than Island of Death, and I was like, wow, you know, the end of that movie is really fucked up. Nico Mastrakis is a is a pretty weird guy, and it's it's that same repetitive thing you're getting with skin of my rink that it's the scariest thing of all time. You're not going to understand. And this is the the most terrifying thing since the exorcist and any goddamn time you see those words, you just know <laughs> it's, it's all oh, right. I've already, and there's some things like I like, I don't, I don't, okay. Saying I like it is a little extreme. I don't hate Paranormal Activity. I like the concept. I like what they're running with. I'm a big found footage guy. Even if it's the dumbest, worst found footage movie, I'm going to sit and watch it. I get off on that side. I don't know why. I think something I I think there's something really scary about, and it's kind of brought up in Blair Witch when Heather gets the camera. She starts saying to Josh, you know, I, I understand what it's like when you're behind the camera. It's almost like its own different world. And I think there's something really enchanting about that with found footage movies. And I'll take a leg out. I'll go I'll go out and and, and sit and watch some some reprehension. I've seen every fucking bad Ben movie. Every time that prick puts one out, I'll sit and watch it. But <laughs> I, 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 you still kind of get something. I mean, it might be well, some that, cunt that, that, with that's a shaky like camera. What I was saying
2: is like... The found footage, it's like, okay, found footage movie is putting you behind the camber. It's, it's making you a voyeur to the scene. But with Skin of a Rink, I'm a voyeur to a corner of the room. I can't even see what yeah. like wh- what the layout of the house looks like at any point. I don't know what anything is. I'm seeing a corner of a room that a TV is like uh, flashing light off of. And then I'm seeing a wall. And then I'm seeing the floor. And then I'm seeing the ceiling. It's just like, oh, oh, fuck, okay. Movies need geography. You need to know the layout of, like, that's why you have establishing shots of, hey, here's the outside of this building that's a mental health facility. That's so you know that when we go into this office, that's where we're at. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about breaking the rules. Here, they don't establish any geography of where anything is. Or if we're even in a goddamn house, we didn't, See the house before the light turned off. We just see, like, a staircase railing. I guess we're in a house then. Okay, a floor. I guess we're on the floor of it. A... It's just, there's no geography to let it be known where we're even at. So that makes it just disorienting to the point of, like, of course I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't even know where the fuck I'm at.
1: I mean, it's good. A piece of art has people talking like this and critiquing and reviewing and looking at it but at the same time I just don't think it's worth it. But I can say I'm on my last beer so we're going to be getting to the end of this at least sometime soon unlike Rink which has no end has no beginning it's just this consistent circle jerk of It vibe. has a
2: beginning because it has credits.
1: But that doesn't... But it like, has it, no it, there, There's no saturation. You know, there's no... We're, we're, we're moving into this universe. When you begin a film, you're kind of saturated with the universe. Uh, and like David... Just go back to David Cronenberg. Something I really like about him, he's done it two or three times in his movies, but he usually doesn't have... Uh, opening credit sequences or a title sequence where there are shots and and the credits are moving and he genuinely feels those are for TV movies or those are for television itself and he's never wanted to do that because there's a big difference between those vibes and there are. There are very small things and very small details that establish and help things. So this movie has these credits and it gives it this these opening credits. It's done like Cassavetes and, and art films in the 70s with the credits in the beginning and it's the illusion of an introduction but we're just shot randomly into events that are happening, and there's these things interjected, like, well, uh, the baby fell down the stairs, and blah, blah blah. But what does any of this mean? You 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 have your fingertips grasping something, but it's so far out of reach; it's just delusional. And I think the production, I think the idea of this is is just a fucking delusion itself. I I find it delusional that so many people are sitting and jerking off to the idea of this. Just what, do you think you're special because you, do you not actually get it? And you're just claiming you do to feel something like I don't, I don't fucking, and I don't want to disvalue anyone that actually gets it and feels something for this. But at the same time, I think it's fucking nothing.
2: It's the equivalent of sitting in a dark room and putting on a sound effects record and just like, well, I, I really scared myself there. Okay. Sounds like a personal problem. I don't, like, I don't understand, like... Yeah, God, just watch what The What are you exercise. getting out of it besides that, of just, like, getting creeped out in the dark and hearing noises? What is there... Why What am I not seeing that there is more to this than that? And other than your pre-explained concept of what... Well, this is what it would be like if you were a kid and how you would see things. I wouldn't know because I can't even see through the kids' eyes. I don't even know what the fuck is going on the entire time. I see their feet.
1: Well, you want to do something child-based. There's no sense of awe. There's no sense of terror. I don't don't feel there's any connective tissue to even uh, have the argument that this could be some childlike sense of terror because what what I, I feel you could easily show this movie to like a 4 or 5 6 year old and they would just sit fucking bored they're not going to feel terror they're going to get afraid when shit screams at them just like every other human being and animal does at the same, you know it doesn't offer anything you made me and my dog jump by playing really loud noises, congratulations me and a mountain feist dog both get scared by high pitched noises. You're not fucking achieving anything, and not that every art piece has to achieve something, but I'm just baffled from the beginning and into the end of this as as to what what do you, what is this standing for again, not all art has to stand for
2: something what's the fucking point i do I, 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 asking... I guess it's just more of i I would rather my art be <sighs> Oh, wow. This sounds so like ministry of truth shit. But like, can we keep a little separation in our in our film art of like, hey, this is for entertainment purposes. This is not particularly for entertainment purposes. This is an idea we're working with. (laughs) That's what I mean, like, not just like it's the same thing. An art film that has no real purpose and a narrative piece of fiction are the exact same thing. They are not the exact same thing. These two things are completely different. And why are you trying to pass one off as the other?
1: And maybe my ending statement here will delve a little bit personally into myself, but I I had mentioned earlier, I, I don't always show people my art. The majority of it I don't show. I have hundreds of thousands of paintings I don't show people. But there's a reason for that. I don't always make my art for other people. I make my art for myself. And it could be just maybe being a little positive toward Mr. Ball that he made art he didn't intend people to see and it's blown up and he's running with it and and letting it go that's fine but still there's just a part of this to me that feels dirty and consumeristic and it feels like a big piece of shit I mean and and I love Andy Warhol don't get me wrong love Andy one of my uh, influences man he's 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 so fucking every everyone's going to be But a star. did Andy
2: Warhol snake oil salesman you a film and say this is a piece of entertainment.
1: No, but he did sell a fucking Campbell soup can photo as you know what. And so see, that's my comparison here. But we well, he also same time, sold
2: his name to fucking Morrissey. So yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> not not the for
1: the nine people listening, not that Morrissey, but Paul Morrissey. But yeah, no, I mean, but you you get the kind of the the foot. Like I feel Ball has. Uh, a, a Warhol foot to stand on, but at the same time, like you're, I think your five minutes might have been spent, because as I was railing on earlier, I, I don't fucking... I, it can't just be me that doesn't have a fucking interest in seeing anything else this guy does ever again. You've already
2: stained your legacy for me. His next film, I will check it out, and if I get 10, 15 minutes into it and I'm feeling the exact same vibe with this film, it's so like, well, I'm done. I'm not doing this again. Yeah, His next film, I'll let you check out. And then I'll hear
1: about it because this was that'd be vice versa. I mean, I've been telling you for days. You gotta watch this shit just because of this. I knew we'd get fucking two hours. <laughs> I've been you waiting. You wanted to get me stirred up. Yeah, I, I knew you were gonna to to, to hit it just this because to me, I, I I was just it's it's such a strange feeling to finish a movie and not know if you're offended. Like you can like John Waters bringing him back up. People for a thousand years are gonna be able to watch pink flamingos and go, what the fuck. That offended me. And then there are going to be people like us that still love it. Skinnamarink, I think you're lying
2: to yourself if you fucking say you've got it. I, <laughs>
0: I think Shit, you're fucking lying. Fucking
2: Banksy has a sense of irony. And there there is none here. There it, It's yeah. none. There's no like sense of humor about itself. It, there, it's just kind of this cold piece of art that somebody says, this is representational of me. And then I'm like, well, then you're kind of fucking hollow. If yeah. this is the like this is what you got, this is what you spend time and energy on, this is all you've got, then I think you're hollow and void of emotions, and you need to maybe try to work on that for your next film because this just does not emotionally connect to an audience. And if it does, great. If it does with you, but like enjoy your like indie rock records from 1992 and shit because that you're in that class of people and just like well, this band played six shows and put out one ep they're the best band that ever existed be one of those people that's fine yeah it's up to, it's really up to you i mean we've been talking about
1: criticism or the lack thereof and i have been making payola references like it's 1922 or something like that but it it, it is a struggle it really is a struggle to even want to to come out and say something these days. Like, I like we could never do this as a regular episode just because of the, the, the fucking dumb feedback we're going to get. And it's not that all feedback is dumb, but Jesus Christ, I don't feel Construct like Constructive
2: feedback, not just calling me an asshole for not liking a piece of art that you like.
1: I mean, we did the uh, years ago, I mean, this is like 2012, 2013, we did that Lucifer Valentine episode where we talked about his puke porn movies, and we called them that, and and the, the the lack of credentials they have for the same sake as this being a fucking hey, movie. at least
2: I felt something. I was revolted. I wasn't was even Valentine's revolted. Films. Like
1: I, this is this is really a good comparison for me because I feel the same thing about Valentine as they do about Skinamarink. That there, it's it's just a fucking waste. There's nothing to absolutely offer. You're masquerading this as a film. It's art. I can't disregard that the fact that it's art especially with Valentine's case because it's some weird fucking extent it's definitely an art form but it's goddamn not a movie and it's insulting to call it that to me i just it's 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 such a deep seated part of my fucking life that it seems like i i don't know it just is such a waste. I, I, I think that's where, at the end of the day, through the end of this episode, what I've come down to is I'm kind of mad my time was stolen away from Skin of a Rink and
2: Valentine. Eh, and and man, it was stolen fine. via marketing. That's the biggest problem. And it, that, that's even peer to peer marketing from other people that you might know online or whatever. Just I, I was bamboozled by more marketing. And I'm just so tired of marketing for a film. And when, like, just. Just give me a good piece of art. That's all I really want. It, just give me an interesting. It doesn't even have to be of good. Art. I mean, even now defending
1: something like Marvel, at least there's something to fucking offer for for a. They're wide. all bit. They're there's, all
2: three star movies. There's hey, something. this is pretty watchable.
1: I guess we've gotten to the end of this because I mean, well, there there's a there's a hill we can keep climbing, but we've made a lot of allusions and a lot of references. We've talked about a, a great deal of stuff but at at the end of the day i don't even like i it's not even a star it's not even like something i can put a a, a 1 to 5 chaz Balin style rating on of like a ink. it's a fucking thing it it exists it, it's like
2: asking me to rate somebody's ink wash they did on a piece of paper like what do you think about this initial ink wash i did it looks fucking inky you didn't even attempt to really make any shapes congratulations <laughs> Before we get out of here, let me
1: let me read my, my list. I, I, I wrote a list for Watch Skip Plus of all the different things I was going to call the movie. And from the beginning, we have Slinky Dink, Skid Marks, Shrinky Dinks, Stinky Feet, Skibbity Bop, Soup Salad, Sybil Shepherd, even though it starts with a C, Sybil Shepherd,
2: Skintag,
1: Sarcophagus, Super Sport, and then Ernie Ball original Slinky Guitar Strings.
2: I like soup and salad. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> soup and salad was
1: good. I liked Sybil Shepherd until I realized it started with the C Skin Tag also not. It's still it's it's an S esque sound. Uh, that they're the final bitch. What the fuck does that have to do with the movie? Skin isn't that a song? You know, skin dink rink dink dink did what is that? This doesn't even play in the fucking movie. You didn't. At least that would have been a point of contention. Of like you did Don't you thing. understand,
2: Hank? It's it's a callback to that song and the innocent time when you heard that song. And didn't you feel when you were a child that there was a, almost a nefariousness behind that song and the way they were so happy when they said, "Spare me your fucking bullshit." <laughs>
1: Maybe I just don't like movies. Maybe that's it. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's I just the don't, problem. I, like
2: I like up your like up their own ass movies, but not to this level. This is just like it's kind of like you're just like jerking me off and saying, "But don't you like it?" I'm like, "No, I don't." It's like jerking so, off to your
1: own colonoscopy video. It's too
2: much. It's, it's just, just like too much. you can't you can't like kind of mentally shame me into thinking this is like a revolutionary piece of filmmaking. <laughs> you can't do it. I'm sorry. It's just like nah. Sorry, it, it just don't work for me, dog. Got my Randy Jackson. Next week
1: we'll be back to talk shit about that Rosebud movie by that asshole Orson Welles.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, of the same thing. It's visually a very interesting film, but like it's and it does have an uh, okay story. But the reason it's so celebrated is because you know filmmaking techniques it was like close a stretch ups. for me to call it that rosebud movie and sounds and really trying to okay i won't talk about this again anymore fuck that movie i,
1: I it, it, it it's just such a fucking stretch and and the big one that annoys me is is there's a lot of comparisons with eduardo sanchez and polar witch and it's like no matter how much you you might have hated that movie 30 years ago at least at least there's something, and at least with Death by Evil there DVD, is. There's it's something. it's a
2: small payoff, but there is a payoff.
1: I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm at my ends with this movie. I don't, I don't know what to make of it or where to go. I just think that if this is the future, if this is the progression, like we're we're at a loss.
2: This is an absolute. Do you like the loss. end credits to the original Evil Dead, and then when that song plays and it gets kind of creepy, that's the movie. It's an hour and forty minutes of that.
1: It's not progression. It's not moving forward. It's not some some new shape of art. It just seems like an absolute waste of time. And if this is this is the new flesh, I don't want to be a part of it. death to video drum. like this it's just that simple. death to video drum, if this is the new flesh. And now I'm not taking part of it. I'm not celebrating it. And we were, I don't think overly, I don't think it's too much negativity here. I mean, we're at an hour and 49 minutes talking about this, and I think it's its <laughs> arguably more than the actual movie had to offer. We've gone nine minutes longer, and fuck. I mean, at least we had a beginning. Middle, yes, and an end. it
2: is a piece of art, but no, it is not interesting to watch. That is the sum of all the parts we just have stated. Yes, it's a piece of art, but no, it is not interesting to sit down and watch an hour and 40 minutes of it, nor does it really, like, translate any sort of feeling or emotion or story to you. It's just... Hey man, you want to fucking eat some edibles and just hang out in the dark with me? Because it's it's the equivalent fun, of that. No,
1: I, like don't even do drugs and watch this movie. It'll put you in a bad place. Like it's not even a movie. That's a sentiment and statement itself. A movie is so fucking lame. You can't even do drugs to it to
2: make it better. This would this would trigger some. Oh, I'm mean, not talking about watching the movie <laughs> on edibles. I'm talking about just in the dark in your own house eating edibles and see how creeped out you get. That's yeah, what it is. I I feel
1: too that that's just such a lame brain response of well did you try watching the movie with all that I don't should I have to and and sure like if you're gonna watch the ring with all the lights on it two in the afternoon it's not gonna be anywhere near as effective blah 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 but this has no
2: effectivity uh, at all point blank I will tell you one thing though watching dread 3D for the first time high on opiates that's an experience everybody needs to have
1: yeah, that that's got to be the end of the episode. There, it changes your <laughs> life a little bit. You have a real good time. Keeping that one in, eat a handful I of had fucking a dentist appointment. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Just eat yourself some OxyContin
2: and watch some oh, Judge Dredd. No, I had a fucking bum tooth, but and so I was on painkillers at the time, and I was fucking high as fuck on painkillers watching Dread three D in the theater, and it was so fucking good. You have no idea. So
1: I guess now we're at the end. I don't there's nothing better to go off of with the opiates and judge dread ending. That's the that's the ending for me. We do have our Patreon shout-outs, James Hoisington, Kevin Matthews, James Ellis, Linus Fitness Center, Holly Colson, Megan Amanda, Doom Generation Podcast, Gretchen McKee and Mary Sparrow. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of Death by DVD. You want to do the Golden Girls theme
0: together in unison? Me. Yeah, we got to. A friend
2: travel, travel down, down the road, road and back, back again.
0: again. Your heart is Your true. Your
2: heart is true. You're a, a pal and
0: a confidant. Confid- confid- <laughs> <a
2: friend. laughs> if you threw a party and something happened, invited everyone you knew. I realized do in the
0: second it. verse
1: I don't know the lyrics. The
2: card attachment to read, thank you for being a friend, Buck. Thank you for being a friend.
1: Yeah, no, we deeply <laughs> thank you for keeping Death by DVD going and listening to, to things like this. Because nobody else wants to. I, we, I, maybe we, we could put out a movie like this. I was joking around uh, with Linus that you know I could just come out to England with a camera and we could we could make a folk horror version of this because it's English. But shit, just come out to your house and 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 put the camera outside for a few days, get some some weird deep wood stuff. We'd be fine. We have a whole movie now.
0: Well, the I think my DVD daughter
2: movie. actually made this film first when she like accidentally turned the uh, video camera on my phone. Just upload the footage now. We've got we got to deal with a twenty four. make a uh, horror film? That's the idea. We're gonna get a GoPro and
1: strap it to your kid's head and and let her crawl around for a whole day and then we're gonna put some fucking 1972 filters over that and and add some synth music and I'm just gonna hit random keys on my Korg and see what happens and dude... (laughs) It's
2: it's what it's like when a a little tiny creature like a ghoulie spies on you in your everyday life and it's six hours long. I don't know why I turned to Sebastian Bob, but hey man, it's awesome.
1: We should... that's an idea we <laughs> we,
2: let's end this and start
1: writing that we actually have some content coming soon oh shit the death by DVD movie it's that just simple. Sebastian Bach reviewing films oh man it's so great you gotta get a little higher like oh well, no that's weird that doesn't sound like Sebastian Bach I don't know and, who that uh, is. you
2: sound like a fucking DJ from 1982
1: hey we're about to play some sticks cause people listen to that in 1982 Did they? With sticks? Yes. Yeah. Did they?
2: (laughs) Mr. Roboto. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. God. Um, Patreon episodes are the only thing I actually like recording. Because this is gonna get edited. (laughs) Let the audience know that what you are listening to is from the heart, and I genuinely enjoyed myself. Next week's episode about fucking cruising. Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) Have fun with that (laughs) one
1: fuck it well the unedited version is available here on patreon i keep wanting to do the whole ending bit of like and if you also want to follow us on deathbydvd.com it's like no no no, they're paying four dollars for this shit we could have ended it at any time and i guess with that (laughs) let me light this cigarette and it's in the fucking show The ashtray is full and the bottle is empty. You have been listening to a Death by Patreon, Death by DVD exclusive Patreon episode. I am Harry Scott Sullivan and with me, the great, legendary, my hero, my best friend, I, Alexander Nash. Thank you for listening. I I, I, at the beginning of the episode said this might come out as a regular episode but it shall fucking not
2: (laughs) I am not editing that shit
1: this is an exclusive Patreon episode thank you from the bottom of my heart have a pleasant tomorrow
0: Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience
2: Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced.
0: The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. on top of Blue Crystal Sunshine Mountain in any town USA with transmitters on top of the Empire State Building.
2: to a death by DVD
0: Patreon exclusive episode. Thank you for choosing death.